This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. Huggies Little Movers is their best-fitting diaper ever with its curved and stretchy fit. Babies, no matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers are curved with up to 12-hour protection against leaks. Get your baby butt in Huggies best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast, brought to you by our friends at Dodge. As you know, Dodge is ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So visit Dodge.com today to schedule your test drive. Uh, Coming up on the show, we're going to talk to our friend Alistair Weaver from Edmonds. We're going to talk about the Porsche GT3. He had some time on a track. Uh, in Atlanta to experience that car and uh, and Ford Maverick versus uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz. What do you guys think of these new small trucks and how they're going to compare? So all of that coming up right now. But first, a word from our friends at Empire Covers. You know, nowadays, cars are designed to keep you safe on the road, but are you providing the same protection for your car off the road? That's where Empire Covers comes in. They have high-quality, affordable covers Engineered to protect against rain, UV rays, tree sap, pollen, pretty much anything that would damage your vehicle's paint. And for premium protection, check out their American Armor covers. They're proudly made in their Kentucky factory, and they have covers for RVs, boats, motorcycles, and more. All their covers come with a free multi-year warranty. And here's the deal. You get free shipping plus an extra 15% off your entire order with promo code CARCAST. Go to empirecovers.com slash CARCAST. Use promo code CARCAST. It's Empire Covers. Protect what you love. Hello, welcome to CARCAST. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg. How are you? doing good it's hard to hear you from the drilling going on <laughs> get that uh, getting that construction done getting that yeah super man you know it's built. not as easy as people think i wish it was like an erector set but i you know it's all good it's a continual process that hopefully will be done before you know i have to go underground one of these days i don't know right i, I i'm hoping that it gets done, and I can come out and visit and see it. But we need to time it when the weather is perfect. Not too hot, not too cold, not too rainy, not too buggy, mosquito-y. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll, have, to, we'll have to figure we'll have to, that one out. We'll have to figure it out. <laughs> um, happy to welcome back our good friend, Alistair Weaver. How are you, Alistair? I'm good, thanks, Matt. Yeah, oh, good for I'm sure you're up bright and early taking care of the baby. It's not really a baby uh, anymore. <laughs> I was up saving rhinos. I'm a trustee of a rhino charity, so I've had two hours of saving rhinos before I talked to you boys. So it's back to some uh, something slightly less virtuous now. Oh, oh um, my god! Now we got somebody else who can contribute to the animal conversation. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, that's the only thing Wanda doesn't have is rhinos. You should probably not no, mention that to her. Don't know. Uh-uh. Not gonna happen. <laughs> She'll be like, not only do we need them, we need to dig a moat so they can live in it. <laughs> yes, I tried to push a buffalo on her last week, and that got struck and down, stricken down quite quickly. Yeah, all right. Well, that's okay. Um, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. Before we uh, get started, let me just um, uh, give a shout out to our friends at Meguiar's. Over the last few years, Meguiar's has launched the next generation of protective products specifically geared toward DIYers. They have their new hybrid ceramic line of products. Their hybrid ceramic spray wax, this is the one you find in the bright blue bottle. It's got their advanced SiO2 hybrid technology. It delivers ceramic wax protection and durability beyond its traditional wax. They also have their hybrid ceramic 
liquid wax. It's long-lasting ceramic protection in an easy-to-use liquid wax. Uh, and, of course, our, our favorite over here, the easy-to-use ceramic spray detailer. This is great to boost that shine in between the wax jobs. It removes dust, fingerprints, bird droppings, and more. And this year, they've also expanded their hybrid ceramic wash and wax all-in-one. It's the bright orange bottle Unique two-liquid system in one bucket. It washes. It protects all at the same time. Meguiar's has a hybrid ceramic solution for everyone. It's ceramic made easy. It's Meguiar's. See, Alistair, you learned something. You live in Texas. It can can accentuate your paint in between the hailstorms. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I know we touched on it uh, a little bit last week, but – uh, finally got to spend a week with the Ram TRX, and uh, I again for for LA, my thoughts are still very much the same. Uh, I don't know what you do with it in LA. It's difficult to park. When you get the Ram bar with the lights, I was afraid to go into any parking garage because I have no <laughs> idea if it's going to smash those lights off. And I don't want the Dodge guys calling me up, going, "What'd you do to our truck?" Uh, but. It's ridiculously fun. It is it is fun to drive for sure. It's just an animal of a vehicle. Please tell me you took it off road. Uh, I didn't get off road, but uh, we did. We did city terrain. We did city terrain. A few a few things here and there. Um, I I was gonna take it off road this past weekend, but an event came up. I had to go out to. I actually went to a fabulous Ford's Forever. It's the largest Ford show. They've been on hiatus for a bit. It used to be at Knott's Berry Farm. They move it to Irwindale Speedway. I don't mind Irwindale. I've been to races there. I've raced there myself. I've been to events there. But let me just tell you, getting into the venue, the line of traffic, is an utter shit show. It has. Yes. It, it, it's not the the parking because the parking. They were parking cars in the infield. They did a great job. But just that line. Of traffic getting into the venue is an hour long. It was well over a mile long. It was just ridiculous. Uh, but the event was cool and got to catch up with, you know, our friends from Magnaflow and Galpinato Sports and Anderson Composites and see some cool cars. And it was a cool event. Alistair, you saw some of my photos. You're like, what is this event? What is this going on? <laughs> I was like, it's a sea of Fox bodies. There must have been a thousand cars there, by the way, and probably, I don't know. 6,000 people, 5,000 people. Uh, it's it was, uh, it was a cool event. And, of course, it's not all Mustangs, by the way. There's Broncos. There's Pantera. There's Fairlanes. There's all kinds of cool stuff. It's a, it's a great big uh, Blue Oval show. It was fun. It was fun to go and walk around and, and kind of, you know, see everybody get out. And, I mean, it was 90 degrees outside. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was getting warm out there for sure. But, yeah, it was a good event. I think these things are going to be really heavily populated over the next few months because everybody's been so locked up and so desperate just to get out and go to these events. So I think you're going to see like a massive explosion in attendance. I, I hope so anyway. You know, um, a friend was telling me about Good Guys did their their first uh, big car show and it was in Texas. Uh, I think it was at Coda and it was it was their first event in like a year uh, and it was fully open, um, you know, the Texas rules, no mask mandate at the time uh, and still. But, but they just asked, like, the the staff members in the vendor booths to wear a mask. And they're like, OK. And it was like a record 25,000 people. It was just it was just everybody just showed up. It's exactly what we're talking about. I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers. Barrett Jackson is going to be that way. I'm going to head out tomorrow morning. I'm hoping that Barrett Jackson is going to be be there. So if you're in Vegas, come out to the event uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Before we get into some car news, though, let's touch on that real quick. There's been a little bit of a change in plans. Uh, Bill's motorcycle ran into a paperwork issue, <laughs> and and we just kind of felt like the best move would be to get that figured out so there's no questions at all. And you know what you're getting, um, and probably bump that to the Texas Barrett Jackson auction. Possibly, I, something can happen in between then. But it's 100%. looking like I mean, Texas, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. At the end of the day, here we go. Um, 
as a as a bidder, I don't care what the vehicle is when it crosses the block and it's based on bill of sale only. I'm going, hey, yeah. there you go. I just saved twenty five percent. Yeah, right? that's right. So and and we the stars have to be aligned. And, and we had a little issue with the with the serial number and it supposedly being the serial number on the vin or the vin, and it's not. It's the it's the VIN for the motor, and it just at the end of the day, it's it's in processing. It should be taken care of. It will be taken care of within the next two weeks. But that being the case, the DMV said that it couldn't be. Uh, uh, it had to be sold on bill of sale only, and I'm I'm not going to do that. Right. So, it, so it's going to be a registered vehicle. It's going to be legal vehicle. It just the DMV couldn't get the paperwork done in time for the auction, so there was no. Point. It's like dealing with a super yeah. performance Cobra, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of yeah. analogy wise, it's the same issue. Right. How do you you're registering like a hot rod, like an exemption type vehicle? So, uh. And because of that and some other events that came up, so, Bill, you're not going to be able to make it out to Barrett-Jackson. However, I'll still be there. We've got a lot of friends coming out there, um, friends in the entertainment space. Of course, Bravago is still launching out there. We'd love for you guys to come out there and and try it and uh, uh, with us. Let us know what you think. We've got our great social media team that's going to be out there. So if you guys would like to, we'd love for you to try the product and tell us you know, be a part of our social media, get on camera, get some photos, you know, so we, we can, uh, we'll be putting all that stuff up and, and, and sharing it with everybody. We're very excited. This is a big, big thing for us. You know, we, we know product arrived. That was confirmed. It's on its way there today. We're, you know, I'm driving out there tomorrow to make sure it's all going well. And, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a little nerve wracking, but it's a, it's a big event. It's a big event for us. Yeah, and don't worry, I'll be pouring. I'll be pouring Bravago in Houston. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Matt, what flavors do you, Matt? What flavors do you have? So this is can you, can you just? I, I don't know if everybody's heard this before, but can you just talk me through it very very quickly? What it what it is? So it's a it's a hard seltzer, but it's a little bit different. It's a it's a it's our badass version of a hard seltzer. It's um it's got a lot more flavor and a little more kick to it than let's say the big brands like a like a White Claw or a Truly. It is 5.1% alcohol. It still comes in, depending on the flavor, you know, two two or three grams of carbs, two or three grams of sugars. It's about 115, 120 calories. We lightly sweeten it with monk fruit. It pops the flavor a little bit, but it's still a zero-calorie a natural sweetener, which I like better than stevia or erythritol because you don't naturally digest that. It goes in, it goes out, where monk fruit is is real. It's a real fruit. Um, that being said, uh, we have uh, we have a strawberry lemon. We have a Rainier cherry and a vanilla orange cream. And if you've ever had like a creamsicle, it is fantastic. So uh, our guys in the lab that were making the product, they said um, uh, their favorite was vanilla orange cream. But the most crushable was strawberry lemon. He's like, we can, you can down three of those things. I would recommend you Uber. <laughs> I would recommend you Uber if you do. Uh, luckily, we're launching in Vegas where everyone's Ubering anyway, so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, it's going to be 115 degrees outside in Vegas. So if you want a refreshing drink, the Bravago Public Bar will be near the. Uh, as you walk into the event, you go through the sea of cars, and then as you get to the auction arena area where the where the grandstands are, basically, uh, we're at the entrance on one of the sides. So one side will be the bitter bar. The other side will be the public bar. We'll have some big banners and stuff up there. But uh, I think you guys will, will enjoy it. It's a, it's a nice, fun, re- refreshing drink. I think we nailed the flavor. So anyway. It That's takes enough. me back to my student days when, you know, if you kind of woke up with a hangover, you want to keep drinking. There was something called alcoholic <laughs> lemonade. I think yeah. it's called hooch. Yeah. So they was... banned it in the end because everybody was, they had all these kids thinking it was just proper lemonade, but it was actually like 5% or something. So uh, it got banned. Yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Maybe good, we should create a, a flavor called hair of the dog. <laughs> you know, yeah. Now, now I, I haven't had the key seen- is to be able to hydrate and rehydrate dehydrate and hydrate at the same time. That's right. Drink a water, drink a bravago. Drink a water, drink a bravago. Wash and repeat. Just keep doing it. Anyway. Well, actually, the bravago, because of the low amount of alcohol, is does both at once. 
It's right. mostly water. That's what they do. It's carbonated water. That's how I feel about it. So it's <laughs> you know? hydrating. Um, it's hydrating. And uh, you can walk around and show us your can. We'll take pictures. Um, oh. All right. I'm not going to turn this into a, a, to a, to a big commercial. But um, <laughs> so uh, Alistair and I were texting yesterday. We're going, hey, we got a few topics for the show. And one of the topics for the show was going to be the delays of all the cars, including the Bronco. But I woke up this morning and I saw a Twitter a flutter going, hey, good news. Bronco production has restarted. And uh, that's pretty much in line with the note I got a few days ago from Ford saying they've started production on Mustang and some of the trucks and Bronco. As these chips, the computer chips are coming in, they're starting to get card. Now, they're by no means are they caught up to what they need to make, but they are starting uh, production again. You you heard the same thing, Alistair? Yeah, I mean, our car was supposed to be here. Uh, Edmund's car was originally supposed to be here like first week in July or something. That was originally the original plan. Or well, the original plan was months ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many chips you get in a roof. Um, so <laughs> yeah. whether they've got multiple multiple problems. But I did get a very kind of very kind of cutely worded email saying we really hoped we weren't going to have to send this email, but we are, and here it is, basically. And um, so, so yeah, I think there's a few disappointed people, but it's just prolonging the tease at the moment. We're actually driving it. The press launch is next week. Uh, so we, we've, we're going to have a film out and, and a review of it pretty quickly. Uh, but Don't you also- think over the past year, they get people have come up with a, a different definition of prolonging the tease? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so what... The chip delay was one issue across the across the industry, but the roof, the hardtop roof issue, uh, was the other thing. Now they they showed pictures that are saying, "Hey, we're you know we're uh, we're making Broncos now," and I saw hardtops there. So obviously, it's not zero. There are some. It's just you know for the amount that they need. Do we know how much they ended up getting orders for? I heard it was something like. You know, they got tons of orders, and roughly 65% of the orders are going to be turned into actual orders, uh, people taking delivery. And it's like 160,000 Broncos on this first run. Yeah, I mean, we we actually, what the first thing we had to do was change the roof, because I forget, I think we were going to like the hard top soft cop combo. Honestly, it's been so long, I can't remember how, how, how the narrative <laughs> We, we started off, I know we started off with what I placed the order. We started off with one roof, and then I got a call that said, we can't do that roof combo. Do you want to wait? And I just said, no, <laughs> I want my Bronco as fast as possible, so I'll take the hard top. And then I got an email saying, you can't have the hard top either. So just, <laughs> said no top. I it. just want no top. Just send me a Bronco, and we'll figure it out later. Yeah. And conversely, I was on the other end of the spectrum because I wanted mine delayed. So I went in and asked which was delayed the most because it's Gage's <laughs> card. He doesn't get it till next year, and that's the one I chose. Yeah, well, you're going to well, get it. I, I, you're right, Matt. I live in Southern California. It hasn't rained here for about six months. Why don't you just give me the car? <laughs> you know? And mail the top later. Just send the top exactly. later. Yeah. Right, right around when Christmas rolls in and the, and the clouds come over, then you'll put the hard top on it when you get it in the mail. And, and yeah, Bill, that's a fantastic. So uh, Gage's birthday is 15 year, 15th birthday was just recently. So they went into the dealer to order – the Bronco and then said, great, happy birthday. You get nothing this year and you get a Bronco next year. <laughs> but I had, but again, I had to time it out. So anything that would push the date I chose in the checkoff box because May the 10th, you know, 2022 is when he gets, he gets his present. So it all works out. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Just like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe is right. I got uh, – I actually, Ford did do me a little favor. Um, you know, the, the Mustang Mach 1 was supposed to be made in May and delivered a month later. And then they said, we're going to push – we have to push it out. There's no chips. It's affecting cars. It's going to push well into August. Maybe you'll get it in September. And uh, And then I got an email and he said, the Mustang – 
production line has ramped up again. He goes, so we made some calls and we moved yours to the beginning of the line. So now the car is supposed to be made uh, in five days, six days, something like that. So, we'll see. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, we've got a lot of projects going on. We've got a few other things to drive. I said, don't don't worry about it. I'm not. This isn't like a, you know, like a life or death situation for me. But I appreciate it. Um, you know, and I'd love to get it, but. Chaps, we're selling our GT500. Do you want a GT500 to go alongside the Mac? I, I kind of do, though. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> I kinda that. Do. Yeah, it's kind of it's funny because uh, when Ford called me and I was talking to uh, to the guy over there, I said, "He's like, yeah, you know, the Mach One, you know, it looks great. We got the, you know, whatever. It's going to be delayed. It's going to be built in August. And if it's delayed again, you have the option of getting a 2022. Bill, we talked about this before." And he goes, or, you know, you could stay with the 21, but it might be, you know, it's going to, could be limited edition. I don't know. And I said, well, are the GT 500s delayed? Because I'd be happy to take one of those. And, uh, he said, yes, those are, those are delayed as well. And I was like, all right, well, just keep me on the, on the list for the, for the Mach one then. But, um, yeah, yeah. so 760 horsepower is a lot, Matt. I know, but it's a cool car. It is cool. <laughs> it is a cool. It is a cool car. I'd have to put a lift in my shop to stick it someplace up in the up in the air. I know, but it is bright orange. So, hmm. yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. You know, next yeah. month because we got we got to we got to trade it in against the Bronco. You know, we've got it. That's how it works. We've had it for a year, so now uh, the Bronco comes on board and the GT500 goes to a new home. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I want your GT500 because every drag race video that you've done, you lost. <laughs> I know you blamed it on traction, but I felt like every drag race video, you're like, I got beat again. <laughs> have you have you read the YouTube comments about me? Uh, I've, it's uh, my fault. Uh, uh, a a few, go. yes. Even, even when I'm not driving it, it's my fault. <laughs> you're the scapegoat. Yeah. Uh, all right, so tell us what else you've been driving. I know you've got a very exciting car. Now you got some seat time and a very exciting car under under your belt. Yeah, last last week I went to uh, Road Atlanta. It was actually my first flight in a year, believe it or not. It's crazy. Um, I went to, but a, but a good one. I went to Atlanta to drive the GT3 at Road Atlanta. Um, and this is the first time we've actually had it on a on a proper proper race circuit. And it was my first time at Road Atlanta, which reminded oh me. Oh my so god. Much. What a, I mean, honestly, what a circuit, what a car. It was like, it was just a, it was a fantastic day. And uh, I've, it reminds me of the circuit in the UK called Alton Park, which Red Atlanta remind me of all the Nürburgring, all the undulations, the fact that it's, <laughs> it's pretty fast and hairy, not a lot of runoff. Um, and we had uh, Patrick Long, who I know you guys, you guys know, Mr. Oh, yeah. Mr. Lustig. He, he came along and basically we were doing, it was just 20 minute, three 20 minute sessions and I was following Patrick. And Patrick had a wow. Turbo S and the idea was just to learn the circuit quickly um, and then leave the mental capacity for actually, you know, appraising the car. So I was basically following Patrick. He was in a Turbo S, I was in the GT3 uh, and that was pretty special and a great way of learning the circuit, you know, following somebody who is lightning fast around there. I was just going to say um, nobody better. By, by Patrick Long is, by the way, the nicest guy. He's so fantastic and uh uh, we've done some driving instruction with him before, and you're right. Uh, Porsche racing car driver, uh, co-founder of Lufka Cult, um, uh, just a great guy, and a two-time Le Mans winner, I believe. Yeah, he's not because he was. <laughs> he was, I was talking to us like, which do you think would be faster? Because a Turbo S has got a lot, you know, it's got another 250 pounds feet of torque and more power and everything else, and you could really see that pulling out the slow corners. You could see the night that the turbo pull away. But he reckoned that GD3 would be at least a couple of seconds a lap faster around there. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Patrick's two seconds a lap faster <laughs> in, in anything. <laughs> the, in, in anything. Part. Yeah, right on. All right. So, so, uh, so it was great. So uh, walk us through the GT3 a little bit. What do we? What were some of the specs on that, that that you guys were told? I mean, I know Porsche is oftentimes a little conservative on their specs. When you test them, those cars go a little quicker, a little further if it's electric. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a uh, because uh, it looks badass. Um, I know we're having a few uh, internet connection issues here, so I apologize for that. It's making some funky noises and stuff, but um, 
And uh, Bill looks like Max Headroom. His his head's all like staccato back there. <laughs> uh, but Bill, you've seen the new GT3, right? That's the bright blue one they've been showing in all the photos. And it's got the cool scoops in the front or the vents in the front and yep. the big wing in the back. Uh, and, and it just looks kind of uh, looks kind of badass. But uh, uh, GT3 is the naturally aspirated two-wheel drive yep. version. Is it a manual transmission or is it PDK? <laughs> It's a choice. Uh, so, so you either get, but it's different gearboxes. So they've lost. If you go for the PDK, it's a seven-speed, not the eight that you normally get in the uh, in the in the standard Carrera. But it's a totally different box. And then a, a and then a six-speed manual if you go down go down that route. But what is so nice if you drive a current Carrera, the way partly for emissions and fuel consumption, and everything else, the gear ratios are really badly spaced. Like two to three is really is a real leap. In the GT3, none of that. Just beautifully spaced mm-hmm. ratios. Uh, the car I drove was a PDK. I haven't driven the manual yet. So my, my conclusion on the day was if I was a track day guy, I would have a GT3 with the wing, with the PDK. And if I was dry, buying it as a road car to occasionally go to the track, then it'd be a manual touring. Right. Uh, just and can... Interesting. Yeah. I, I've had a sneak peek at a touring, by the way. I know that this thing is, is coming out. And I think as we talk, it's... Uh, it's still all on the embargo, but that thing's going to look amazing. So, and GT3 Touring, similar to the previous gen version, was it, it, it's the GT3, but the street version, like a little bit different seats and no wing, and uh, just sort of the the subtle version, but everything underneath, power, suspension, all that's the same. It, it, the, the, the whole the whole touring concept grew out of. Um, you remember the, the 911R, which was a special edition, which went crazy? Yeah. Which was basically a B-Wing GT3, where they said, you know, where they said, actually, we're going to do something that's a bit of a sleeper. And, I mean, the values of those are, are insane. And that sparked this idea of having something that, yeah, you give away a bit of downforce. And one of the interesting things about the, the car with the wing, you can actually adjust the rear wing uh, and the front. So you can, you can basically get an Allen key out and adjust both. And they reckon at 125 miles an hour, it has 150% more downforce than the old one. And he was also running on Michelin Pilots, let me get this right, Pilot Cup Sport 2 R tires. And they had a guy from Michelin there, and I was talking to him, and these R tires are the same compound as the 911 Cup race car. (laughs) And that kind of like almost kind of quasi-legal, where they take a a slick race tire and then cut a couple of grooves in it and say, off you go. Um, so you can legally drive it to a track and then drive it on a track day and bring it home again. But and then they buy new tires. <laughs> yeah. And Michelin reckoned it was the, on those tires were worth two to three seconds a lap, which wow. is, which, uh, so we were running in full downforce, basically on not far off slick tires. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what a, what a thing. And all these people say, oh, you know, it's got 502 horsepower, but although the 911's got bigger for this generation, they've kept the weight pretty much the same. So you've got carb, uh, plastic carbon fiber reinforced trunk lids. You've got all sorts of stuff going on. You've even got even got like a, a lightweight battery that saves 22 pounds. The attention to detail is incredible. And, you know, I just like the fact that Porsche is saying, okay, GT4, 400 horsepower, GT3, 500 horsepower. And then when they do a GT2, that'll have about 700. But they're not trying to chase the horsepower wall. They're just going to say 500 horsepower for GT3. Yep, that's about right. And honestly, on that circuit, that's more than enough car for me. Yeah, it's the total package when it comes to those cars with those Porsches. I I just wanted to get your thoughts. I don't know if you uh, had a conversation with Porsche or even Michelin at this point, but... You know, the racing car tires, very, very grippy. And as modern-day sports cars and supercars have become more and more impressive, it's really become a limitation of the tire. So now we're putting these super incredible, grippy, almost racing car circuit tires on them. But the circuit tires were were really kind of useless until you're at high speed, you got some heat into them. Yeah. How do you end up running a, a pilot cup sport to whatever uh, you know uh, on the street is there is there really a is michelin doing something that makes that tire compound a little different so it's a little more livable under normal temperatures because not everyone's pushing that thing on a track day they're still driving around 
town. They, they were really clear with me because I was like, okay, I live in Southern California. It doesn't rain. Would I put this on every day? And they said no for two reasons. One, because if it is cold or it does rain on that one day uh, and you are running your GT3, so a lot of, a lot of factors there, though, <laughs> then, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to work properly. Um, and so they're basically saying pilots cup sport two, which is all, we're already a really aggressive tire is your day-to-day choice. This is basically turn up, but you know, this is what you put on for the track day. Um, you know, and I, and I kind of hope people follow that because otherwise, you know, I've driven, I remember back in the old days, Michelin said actually things have improved a lot because I can remember driving an M3 CSL. Uh, God, this is like 15 years ago on the early versions of these tires. And the moment it was cold, it was just terrifying. There was, <laughs> just, there was just zero grip. Well, um, Bill likes to also, roll around on his yeah. Nitto drag radials in the rain. Same, yeah, that's exactly what, it, yeah, what you're describing right there, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, where you're going down a highway at 30 miles an hour, terrified. Yeah. Yes, yes. It, it, yes. It's, uh, Every it's aspect really, of it. And then, God forbid, you hit a rut or, or a... Uh, you know, an uh, 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 undulation in the in the pavement. You're done. Then. <laughs> You've also, I mean, it's like we could talk about a lot in this show. You know, a GT3 is uh, there's a lot of car there. This one is the most focused. It feels more more like an RS to me. It's almost like if this is the last GT3 that Porsche does, they've thrown the kitchen sink at it. And it's I've driven every one from the 996 onwards. So every one from the start of when they started calling it GT3, and this is definitely the most focused. It's a, you know, it's a proper road racer for the old, for the, for the old cliche. I, did, um, I, I did, thought it was fabulous. I did the Viper Cup at uh, Road Atlanta and I've driven Road Atlanta a couple of times. And by the way, the only way I prepped for it was YouTube doing the in-car videos. Mm-hmm. That was Me too. fantastic. Um, but driving that new GT3 at Road Atlanta, I can only imagine was as equally exciting as it was terrifying. Right? Am I correct? Yeah, especially when you don't know the circuit because so much of it is blind. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I was like, Patrick is not gonna like take me off the circuit here. But you know, he those guys don't do slow. And oh, he was no. like, I'm gonna look in the rear view mirror, and as long as you're keeping up, you know, we'll just we'll just kind of ratchet it up, ratchet it up. So, you know, we I was driving it and, and the final corner is is a real confidence corner. And obviously Patrick knows the circuit and he's super talented. And it was really disconcerting because he was <sighs> he was doing a lift. And then balancing it and going through, but you couldn't tell how much how much speed he was backing off. So it was, um, yeah, there was a few hairy moments, but I I, I really enjoyed it and a, a mega car, a mega car, really, really is. But also one that, I mean, yeah, I know I've driven a lot of these and I've driven a lot of circuits, but it's not massively intimidating. It, once you get past the noise and the sensations, you know, it's 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 pretty forgiving. Um, but you know, it's still massively fast. Yeah, I I haven't been on that on that circuit, but I went out there for a vintage race that uh, Adam Crowley was driving in, and you're right. I think it's that last turn that also kind of goes off to like you know to get off the track, and a few people were hitting that straight after that turn. Oh, I want to see the gap on that turn eleven or twelve. Yeah, yeah, it's twelve. I think yeah, it's the last it's the last turn where you go over this blind crest. But the first bit is you go you go through a, through a sort of blind ride at about terrifying. He was one hundred and sixty into the braking zone, certainly with Patrick driving into chicane, and it's a downhill break from one hundred and sixty into a chicane. Then you go again and you go downhill off camber ride uh, with your eyes say, closed. Yeah, I yeah, mean, you basically a, can't see, like right? <laughs> racing on a prototype or something like really serious around there. Yeah, that's got to be that's that's proper ballsy stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I had some thoughts on, uh, uh, cause we were talking about Porsches and the new car stuff. So I have a couple thoughts on, on used car stuff, but people are looking at that before we uh, get into it. Let me tell you guys about Geico real quick. You guys, uh, you can own your home or you rent your home, either one, whichever one you do. We know it can be a lot of hard work, uh, but you know, it's easy. It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And we know that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com and get a quote and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. You know, as we start leaning into 
uh, hybrid technologies and EV technologies. And, you know, our friends at Dodge said, you know, enjoy your Hellcats and muscle cars while you can. Uh, you know, we're going to do muscle cars, but expect some sort of hybrid technology. Uh, you know, Ferrari's been getting into that more. Uh, Matt, Matt, can I just jump in? Yeah. Because I, I literally just received an email that flashed up on my I've got my other screen on. Bronco order. Thank you for reserving your new Ford Bronco. We're excited to see the return, blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah. The next step in this process is vehicle order. We'll begin in early December. We were supposed to have it in July. <laughs> wow, ah! December. This has literally arrived. This arrived at, uh, this is, this is 10th of the, no, oh no, no, sorry, no. Do you know what's happened? So uh, this is where we can complete hash the show here. This is from the 10th of the 9th. It's just randomly resurfaced in my email because I was looking at Bronco stuff. So this is, no, no, this is 10th of September last year that said my Bronco was going to be <laughs> built in December. Yeah. And now we're in, now, so just ignore me, but now we're in June, now we're in nearly in July. And, so Yeah, we're, getting, we're in June, so, but it's still, you know, it's seven months late and... Uh, <laughs> no no end in sight yet okay so uh what i was getting at was sorry was if if we don't want to jump on to jump onto that hybrid bandwagon for some of these new supercars and muscle cars uh even um you know porsche and ferrari still always at the top of the of the food chain when it comes to collectibles when it comes to great driving sports cars which which porsche are would you recommend for somebody to buy used it could be a few years or many years um and then the same question about ferrari you know because now we're looking at uh uh 360s and 430s for i don't know 120 grand 100 grand you know uh you know, three sixties for one hundred twenty. You can get it for half of that. Yeah, well, I just saw the four thirty for like a hundred or one hundred twenty grand, and then the yeah, you can get a three sixty all day for sixty seventy grand all yeah. day. So, I, what are, what are your thoughts on the good Porsche to to get used, and what about the Ferrari? Is this to me, Matt? Yeah. Uh, um. I mean, it's a tough question. The problem with Ferrari is we start with the Ferrari question because I remember looking at when I bought my, as you know, I have a classic 993, uh, 1997, 911. And I did look at, I always wanted, because it was that poster boy as a kid, I always wanted the Ferrari 355. Yeah. And there was a time when they were about 100 grand, which was which was too much of a stretch for me at the time. But also, it, you've got to look at what those things cost. And, and anything pre-360, you know, even to do basic service often is an engine out. Yep. So everything is so expensive to run. And there is, there's worth looking up online because you get these kind of running cost charts of like what it will cost a year to run. And that's your key metric. Unless you take, you've got to be able to afford to run it. And, you know, that's always the issue with Ferraris. I had a friend of mine bought a 550 Maranello, which was a lovely car, but the little rubber around the headlight perished. And the only people who made one was Ferrari. And it was about 800 bucks. Eight, 800? It was about 800 bucks for a $2 part. But like, what do you do? Um, the difference with Porsche is, uh, the difference with Porsche is that there's so many third parties make, you know, rubber bushes for your headlights. And that makes an enormous difference to your, to what it is to own. Ferraris after the 360 were a lot easier to, a lot cheaper to maintain because it was a period when Luca de Montezemolo was running the company and they became a lot more, went from being a rich man's toy to something that you could actually use. So 360s, 430s, and onwards. I mean, the one I always wanted was a 456. I think that's that's a beautiful car. Um, and if you can buy like a manual, but then the prices of those are skyrocketing, you know, the late stick shift cars. One that is cheap that I always had a bit of a soft spot for was a 612. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get those for sort of seventy, eighty thousand $80,000. But then it's a V12 Ferrari, and that opens up a whole new world of, of pain and cost when things go wrong. So yeah. I, I think it's just like handle with care. And, and actually, the, the price to buy is not the bit that you need to concentrate on. You need to do your research of, of what these things cost to run and have it properly inspected. Porsches are, you know, Porsches are a lot more accessible on so many levels. And, you know, again, I think it's do a homework. I mean, we were certainly we were looking at buying a $8,000 track car for driver training or, or and, uh, you know, boxed as a $8,000 
but then if the gearbox breaks, it's disposable. Check it away. Yeah. So you know you've still got to bear in mind. Um, I mean, everything's going up at the moment. 964s, anything from a 911, 964s, which are early 90s, easy to live with. 993s are great, but uh, I, mean, I mean, I love mine to bits, but they are going up in value. I mean, I paid 25,000 for mine in the UK, and you know, you certainly can't get them for less than you know, 60, 70 here now. So, you know, that that 911s are obviously fabulous. 968s, 944s, if you can get a nice one, um, are just a great way into the brand. And there's such a great, the good thing about Porsche is so much infrastructure just to support it that you don't have to buy expensive OEM parts. And, and that's the big difference. And also they were beautifully made, beautifully made. Yeah. Okay. It was a good, it was a good, it's a good thought. There's much more parts available for Porsche. So that's going to be a little bit easier to fix and maintain. But when it comes to Ferrari, you're saying start with 360 or newer, and and probably the newer you go, the more reliable you're going to end up. But uh, uh, that, that's true. I mean, three five five is the one that I would love. I love that car too. I love that car too, but I'm aware of the maintenance issues, uh, you know, and pulling that engine out and and whatnot. And and I don't know if that service is becoming more affordable because more aftermarket service shops are, are tackling that type of thing. Um, uh, I I mean, none of it is inexpensive. I mean, you know, if you if you only have one or two cars in in your household, maybe a 355 shouldn't be one of them. Understatement. Captain Obvious. Or you're going to be spending a lot of time in that the back of an Uber Prius. Uh, uh, but uh, but it's a good it's a good thought because you know it gets to a point where you know you do you know we're at a point where we're looking at cars like that going you know I've never owned a Ferrari It'd be nice to have a Ferrari not a daily driver but can I take it out on the weekends or you know an event here and there but also I don't want it to be a super drag and have to fuss with it the whole time like is it going to be an enjoyable acquisition you know so just something to think about um I mean, to give you an example, uh, yeah. I'm, I, I was just looking at suspension on my 993 and I got a quote for upgrading to basically the shocks, the original shocks, and it's done 65,000 miles. And to go to Bilstein B6, which are specific shots that Bilstein developed, you know, and to have all four corners done, wheel alignment, new springs as well, which drops it to the rest of the world, because the American cars are always sat up a bit. You know, it's four grand, including all the labor, which is a lot of money, clearly, but it's not... Nothing you know, compared. A whole new suspension. It's it's yeah. not outra- You know, it's not outrageous. I was I was just I was just talking to uh, I was just talking to the guys um, over at Galpin Autosports about bringing you know bringing the truck in and redoing my Ford Lightning and getting it ready for some of the big events. And I told them the four shocks, the adjustable shocks that I'm having made and putting on this truck. They're like sixteen thousand dollars, and that's not insulation or anything. All that insulation's got to be custom. Just to purchase the four coilovers, it's like sixteen thousand dollars. I didn't pay that much for the truck, <laughs> so so there's definitely a sickness. There's some sort sort of illness I have. I don't know what I got a, a earwig or some kind of worm eating my brain because I don't know why I'm doing this, but it's going to be interesting to, to do anyway. I don't know why I'm fascinated with it, but. Sixteen thousand dollars to do the to do, do the shocks. Uh, all right, so we're going to shift gears a little bit because we we did talk a bit about um, about Ford Maverick, which was getting a lot of buzz. Uh, Ford's been kind of crushing it when it comes to uh, uh, press announcements, and you know, uh, you know, not just with Mach One, but Mach E, and then Ford Lightning and Maverick. And I saw the Maverick actually. I, I'm sure you've seen it in person now, but. I saw it at uh, the Ford event, Fabulous Fords Forever, uh, that was there. And, you know, it, it's small and it looks good and it's going to fill a need. But really, we're the only competition out there is, is what, the Hyundai truck that's coming out? Yeah, the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Um, and we've been amazed just how much attention these are getting on our Edmund's YouTube channel. Our Santa Cruz films got basically a million views. And I think our Maverick, which came a bit late, is up at a quarter of a million. There is huge, huge interest in these little trucks. And maybe it's because everything's, maybe it's everything's a bit like SUVs. Everything's got bigger. 
So even a Ranger is now actually pretty, pretty big truck and the F-150 is huge that, you know, this is almost like what a Tacoma used to be or what a, you know, what, so, so I think they'll do well. Uh, and the Santa Cruz is a really cool looking truck from Hyundai. Um, and then obviously the, the Ford as well. And, and they're the only two real players, but yeah, I'm amazed how much attention it's getting. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. There's an audience for it. I, I think there's going to be an audience for it just by the attention you would think so. I mean, make no mistake, but we talked about it before. You wouldn't fit in it. And if you did, you would look goofy as hell. <laughs> it's just it's just not that type of vehicle. But on paper now, when you look at Santa Cruz and Maverick, what are you what are we looking at? How are you comparing these two? Well, the, the the big thing is 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 the price. I mean, the the Maverick's twenty grand. You know, it's it's a bit over twenty grand with the destination, and and they always cheat by not including destination. But it's you know both of these. It's, it's interesting. I read it read somewhere, and somebody I, I can't claim credit for this quote, but saying Ford cannot sell twenty thousand dollar hatchbacks or, or sedans in the U.S. But if you dress it up as a little truck, they can sell it. You know, it, it, <laughs> yeah, they'll sell one hundred fifty thousand of them probably. It, 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 and, and that's basically it. This is kind of what a little hatchback used to be. It's, it's a twenty thousand dollar, you know, thing. And you know, I think it looks it looks strong, and there's decent interior space, you know, for for the overall size. The bed's not huge, but they're pretty clever with how you can use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may well appeal to people who you know don't, you know, maybe surfers or skiers and that sort of thing who just don't want, you know, a bit like you trying to use a TRX in LA or if you live in a city. Yeah, you know, these things could be could be super useful. You know, the other thought was. Or still... alcohol delivery, Matt. Yeah, right. Alcohol <laughs> delivery. We're going to do that. Uh, the other thought was there is still a customer that wants a new car because they want something that's reliable and has a warranty, but they don't have a lot of money. And there's that customer that shops for something inexpensive. And at this point, the most inexpensive thing on the Ford lot is probably going to be the Maverick. Right. So if you just yeah. want something new with a warranty, you know, uh, you know, your, your kids going to high school or a college or something, they want to get something safe or they're, you know, leaving the state to go to school or whatever. You started a new job. You don't want to spend a ton of money. You know, just like there's especially after COVID as people are just ramping up with work again and you're going, I want something to drive. I want, you know, it's got to be inexpensive. You you go on to a new car dealer lot and go what do you got? What's the cheapest thing you got that's going to move me around and keep me safe? And they're going to go, well, Ford Mavericks, you know, 22,000 bucks, you know? Oh. You know, yeah. I'd be like, sure. (laughs) You know, and like you said, even when you you dress up that vehicle and you get a bunch of the options, you're – like fully loaded, it's into the mid to low 30s. It doesn't turn into a $60,000 truck. You know, it's like thirty-four grand with pretty much everything you can get for it. So, not that thirty-four grand is really cheap, but in the in the world of new cars, that seems Early. cheap. You know, yeah. the The average cost of a new car is forty grand at the moment. So, that's yeah, amazing. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing to me. Forty thousand uh, dollars. Okay, so Santa Cruz. What's the What's the price of that? Do you know? Uh, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be similar to the, to, to, to the Ford. Um, and you know, I, I think check them out on our YouTube. And we're actually going to put together a film that, that directly compares the two. I mean, the Hyundai looks actually the, the, the more interesting of the two sort of visually, um, you know, and, you know, Hyundai doesn't have the reputation that Ford does for trucks, but I really hope they do well. I mean, they're on a real roll at the moment. The design's great. Um, you know, they it, it's, it's going to be, it, they're pretty much line up, you know, lineup match from you know the specs lineup um so that's going to be going to be an interesting test and i think it'll i think it'll just bring a whole new body of people into trucks as well you know and i I don't know how much of the platform is shared with bronco sport but i know maverick is going to be hybrid front wheel drive is the base model and then you can get all-wheel drive version and you can get the two liter eco boost all-wheel drive version but i I imagine there's going to be some variants of that vehicle, like an FX4, or some sort of uh, kind of off-road version. And if 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 that's anywhere near as capable off-road as Bronco Sport, I think it's going to be an attractive little vehicle. 
Yeah, I was just pulling the specs, Matt, as you were as you were asking. I mean, you got if you look at the Santa Cruz, you got two engines, one with 190 horsepower. Oh, you got a two and a half liter with 275 horsepower. I mean, that's plenty, right? Eight speed auto. I mean, these are not unsophisticated things. It's not going back to like the old days of of it being sort of cheap, cheap and cheerful. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of you know, there's 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 sensible tech going on this, and size wise, just give people a, a, a sense of it. It's about ten to fifteen inches shorter than a typical midsize, so midsize would be like a Tacoma or something. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now you mentioned uh, uh, Hyundai stepping up their game design wise. Uh, you and I spoke. Uh, Kia Telluride is a fantastic SUV that that you guys really like, rated very highly. Uh, I'm going to be heading out to Vegas for Barrett Jackson, and I wanted to find something to drive. I needed to bring some gear with me. Uh, we're setting up our, our our public bar, our Bravago bar. We're bringing some gear, and I'm going to be out there for a few days. So I didn't want the biggest thing, like a Lincoln Navigator, but I wanted enough room, sort of a three-row uh, size vehicle. I kind of wanted the uh, – the Kia Telluride, but it wasn't available on my schedule. So I got the Genesis GV80. And correct me if I'm wrong, Alistair, but the Genesis GV80 is the same platform as the Telluride. It's just the fancier version. Do you think that the Telluride and the Genesis share a platform? You know what, Mike? I'd have to look that. I'd have to look that up. I mean, that's often typical because Genesis, obviously, Kia, Hyundai share platforms, and the Palisade is on the same platform as the Telluride. But it's GV80 because GV80 is not a three row. You know, not a three row in the in the sense that Telluride is. So I'm going to duck that question. Okay. Well, it it looks good, and uh, I'm kind of digging their style. This weird kind of. Mm, I don't know, sort of this ambiguous kind of, we don't know what brand vehicle this is, but it looks <laughs> interestingly good. And, and, uh, uh, and I've driven the Genesis cars and I, I, I thought they were sharp and I thought they were, were nice. Uh, I, I don't know how well they're selling. Um, I always thought uh, they would be a pretty nice luxury car to get into used because i'm sure the used price drops significantly from the new car price and if the quality is there and it's you know let's say it's a lease turn back it's two three years old you probably get yourself into a pretty nice daily driver you know that you're going to enjoy like if you're commuting a lot and you want nice interior and all the the, the tech bits it's going to be in there now course tiger woods very famously uh wrecked the the gv80 the other day but i gotta tell you with him if he didn't do that it probably wouldn't have caught my attention as much as as he did so i mean i i feel bad for him because he got hurt but uh but also um, yeah it was probably the best i i don't want to publicity publicity piece of publicity they've had so far can i show something to you matt that they Obviously, we're a website. We can track traffic to each page, and we always have a ranking of like vehicles. Who's what's the GV80 became the most most visited page on Edmunds for a significant 100%. period of time. Yeah, well, people were like, "What the hell is that? What does that look like?" Well, for for whatever yeah. reason, they 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 want they either just want to see it because they heard about it, or they heard news. You know, I mean, again, the best promotion ever is the sheriff going, "This vehicle saved his life." Right, Boom. like for for whatever it is, it saved his life, uh, uh, which is great for Genesis, but also great for almost all new vehicles. That's kind of where we are with with new vehicles. But uh, I'm I'm I can't wait for the you know I get the I got the three point five engine, which I think is the big engine option for this vehicle, and it's the whatever the premium or limited or whatever that was in the fleet. So said uh, order order me one up. I'm gonna see how it goes. It'll be interesting. And even even as a new buy, you know, they're a bit cheaper than something like a Mercedes GLE for the same size. The chassis engineers, ex-BMW. The designers, ex-Lamborghini and Volkswagen Group. You know, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, what I'm really excited about is the GV70, because uh, I think that's even better looking, actually. I really like the look of that. That's the like the Mercedes GLC BMW X3 size. 
that looks like a really nice little thing. All right. Well, it needs a Hellcat engine. Let me tell you guys about uh, about Dodge. Dodge has officially opened orders of the 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. If you guys heard us talk about this before many times already. Uh, 0, 60 in three and a half seconds. It's a blast to drive. It's exclusive for 2021. And as we had mentioned before, they were going to make 2,000 units, but anybody that got an order in, they're going to go ahead and fulfill those orders. So it's still available for just the one year, but if you if you if you're on the list you're going to be able to get one 710 horsepower it's got the new exterior and interior styling and all buyers of the of the Durango Hellcat will receive a full day of pro instruction at the Radford Racing School and if you uh get a chance to do a great track day like Alistair just did in Atlanta I highly recommend you go to this, take advantage of this program, and and get some real instruction uh, with this vehicle. Uh, and as you know, Dodge is ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by JD Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge dot com to schedule a test drive today. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Alistair, what else is coming up for you guys as we wrap up? What uh, can we look forward to this month on uh, on Edmonds? Uh, we've got tons of good stuff, actually. Uh, new uh, Grand Cherokee um, coming coming out. We've got the uh, obviously the GT3 test that I've done. We've got a small SUV test. We've got all sorts of all sorts of stuff. So check edmunds.com slash, uh, slash road noise or our social channels. So yeah, it's a really busy time. I mean, as the world opens up and launch events start again, you know, we're, we're, we're full on New York auto show looking, looking like it's going ahead. So yeah, really, really busy time. Yeah. That's interesting. New York auto show. Do we know if LA is doing their auto show? Any, any word on that? I think LA, I think New York's going to be a bit of a, you know, towing the water and particularly that, you know, there's no international travel at the moment, which will li- limit its, uh, its global appeal. I think LA is going to be the first like return the proper auto show. I think there's a whole bunch of brands are going to unveil some interesting stuff there. And honestly, I just think in November of this year, if international travel exists, there's going to be a ton of people wanting to come and see a bit of sun and come to LA in November. So I think that could be a success. And and you know on the on that same thought because Bill you and I have been talking about SEMA what's going on with SEMA uh, I I I spoke to our friend Richard Waitis at MagnaFlow and I spoke to a couple other guys in the industry um, a friend at at Low Car Low Car makes uh, a bunch of uh, you know aftermarket accessories billet pieces things like that for hot rod shifters cables mirrors shift knobs all that kind of stuff. And uh, they said it's still moving forward. Um, SEMA did their booth selection, and uh, everybody got their assignment on their booths. They said that they did make the walkways wider. And uh, I think the confusing part to me was I heard they were limiting the amount of booths, so there's going to be fewer so they can put more space in between them. But then also I heard they're expanding into that new west building where bear jackson's going to be this week uh so i'm like well i don't know are we doing more or are we doing less <laughs> you know because it sounds like they just added a million square feet to the whole thing so uh it is happening um there's going to be i think a few changes with some of the booths um just how they flow people in and out things like meeting room sizes and hospitality suites are either going to be eliminated or just uh, a downsized and a much bigger limitation on the amount of people um i think there's going to be fewer signing events uh because they're trying to get people to just avoid standing in a line how can you have signing how can you have signing events when you can't form a line because you're not 6 feet apart yeah, I I think that the six feet apart thing is not going to be applied once uh once that rolls around. And listen, I, my opinion is SEMA's going to be bigger and better than it ever has. I, I think I'm, so. That's just my opinion at this point. I mean, it, it, everything's opening up. Shit's going to hit the fan, like you said. Any concert, any outdoor event, no matter what it is, if it's herding cats, it's going to be it's going to be sold out. So I think hopefully. You know, you get you get international travel, and then you'll bring so many people in because everyone wants to get out. But domestically, I think it's going to break records if if Vegas is completely open and, and Barrett does their thing or uh, SEMA does their does the same you know rules with it. So yeah, that's now, my guess. The the one limitation could be 
international travel. I, I think for SEMA, they're they're still saying uh, it's not going to be a big international buyer trade show like it has been in the past. It's just going to be for, for here. So uh, anyway, it's going to be interesting. But anyway, let's go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we had a few uh, technical internet issues. Maybe it was those guys that were on the roof last week banging around. <laughs> I don't know if they got their stuff worked out up there, Chris, or, or uh, who knows. But uh, but uh, anyway, apologize for some of the audio issues. Um, hopefully, we'll get it. Uh, uh, we'll just get it all dialed in next time. But Alistair, always a pleasure. Check out edmids.com. Uh, and of course, edmunds.com slash road noise is where they keep up to date with their latest videos uh, and uh, the news about stuff. Uh, Bill, always a pleasure. I will see you guys at Barrett Jackson in a few days. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.